0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Thank you for the word of God, quick and powerful, and sharper than a two edged sword. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we invite you in the name of Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father to manifest your presence, touch, and change every life. We have revival services. Revival can only come from God Himself. And so, as the psalmist says, Revive us in the midst of the years, O Lord. Will you not revive us? And we will give joy and glory to God. Change the destiny of this church, the destiny of this nation, through true, God-willing, Holy Spirit outpoured, revival as we say it's either revival or it's the opposite so father we thank you in Jesus Christ's name for the word of God quick and powerful in our midst thank you Lord Jesus amen we talk about the sources of the anointing and I use 10 minutes for this and uh, just talk about this I I um, <clears throat> Thought I would, for the sake of being sure that I do cover shortly what I want to talk about. Last week we spoke about um, the Word of God in your life, and I like so much the classic expression John three thirty four He whom God sent, that's the Messiah, spoke the Word. For God did not give him the Holy Spirit by measure. And again, when he comes from heaven, Revelation 19 from verse number 11, he is called the word of God, wears many crowns, the rider on a white horse with a garment dipped in blood. He's called the word of God that lives and abides forever. So the Word of God is definitely a source of the Holy Spirit in your life. In fact, if one does not have the Spirit of the Word and the Word of the Spirit, because all of Scripture has been given in by the Spirit of God, that word of given in by the Spirit of God is the Greek word called theopnostos, which means literally blown in by the breath of God or breath of the Holy Spirit. That's on those people that in that moment that they wrote the Bible, They wrote it by revelation. Problem is when people try to read the Bible without the revelation. This book is a book of revelation from page to page. And if you do not pray up, I believe in first praying up and then reading the Bible so that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus could be upon me and I would know and I would see and I would know what to do and what a verse actually means. So the second source of the anointing after the Word of God is the practice of a powerful prayer life. I need not get deeper into this, but to say this, that I am not aware of a single great man of God that was prayerless. No servant of the Lord in the Bible was prayerless. They all prayed. They all prayed. Even our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if you study his prayer life, how he prayed through the night sometimes, spending time alone, praying through the night just to speak to the Father. And I think that prayer, more than anything else, brings something that is vital and critical. When we think about our prayer life, the vital and critical factor is the fact that we actually build relationship with God. Prayer is talking to a person, a living person, the Almighty God, through the name of Jesus. When we talk to Him, if you want your prayers to work, you have to repent of necessity. You cannot go with sin baggage in the presence of God. You have to be sure that you pray that God would wash you in the blood of Jesus and cleanse you altogether, whatever you've done in word and deed, thought and action, whatever willfully, knowingly or unknowingly, We spoke in the old days about sins of commission and sins of omissions, things that we should have done that we didn't do, things that we didn't do but that we should have done, sins of omission, sins of commission. But, you know, more than anything else, if you give yourself to a season of prayer and fasting, it is amazing the revelation of the Spirit that comes through. I've gone through those fasts in my life, and I know all about it. But I know one thing, is that when I pray with fasting, then the Holy Spirit really starts talking to me. And I know that very often, breaking a fast was to me an issue. Not getting into the fast, but actually breaking the fast. Ending a fast, in other words. Something would happen, and for some reason or another, say somebody would come from far. I remember there's some friends that came to visit us in the middle of a fast, and uh, they were coming to have lunch with us, and I didn't want to have them know too much about what I'm busy with with God. So I just went out and ate, and I felt so bad because I have now eaten. Fasting will move the mountains that cannot be moved by normal, you know, standard type of prayer. Also, very important is the fact that if we pray, Ephesians 6:18. might as well quote that also, uh, says these words, praying always with all manner of prayer in the Spirit and watching thereunto with perseverance for all the saints. Ephesians 6. What I'm thinking of really, really is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I do not understand. I don't think I will ever be able to understand how there are places on earth where the church goes on and ignores the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is there. their gifts are. By God. It's like the talents that were given. When God gave the talents, He expected everyone to do something about those talents. When He gives you a gift, He expects you to use that gift. And so we pray. And if you understand the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, we pray. But before that, we even pray in the Spirit. We pray in tongues, in other words. Now, 1 Corinthians uh, 14 verses 1 through 4 talks about the fact that, you know, if we uh, prophesy, we, words of, we speak words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. But when we pray in the Spirit, the Bible says you praise uh, in, a, in the Spirit, you praise in an unknown tongue, an unknown tongue. Very important. I pray in tongues. I spend a lot of time praying in tongues. For that opens up, it's the gateway of all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the first thing on the day of Pentecost when they were all in one court in the upper room. Suddenly there was heard a sound from heaven, filled the place where they were seated. They were seen divided cloven tongues as a fire that filled the place where they were seated. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Spirit of God comes upon you, epi which means to rest upon you. That's Shekinah. That's the glory of God, the spirit of glory and of God. They filled with the spirit and began to speak in tongues. Now, you know, it's not the kind of language or tongues that we we learn. I had a couple of people come up to me with, you know, like kind of silly things, you know. We learned at university to speak Greek and Hebrew. So we speak in tongues. No, you don't. Tongues, he's speaking in a language you do not know, and you have not understood, and you've never learned, but you find yourself speaking. I found myself in Russia, speaking in tongues, and I find myself speaking in tongues that sounds exactly like Russian itself. It's just, it affects me so, the environment. And I go to other places, and I find I speak in that kind of language, that is the local language. And somebody once came to me and said to me, he was a student at, at a university in Greek. He said, where did you learn to speak Greek? And I was young and just got filled with the Holy Spirit there. He said, where did you learn to speak Greek? I said, never learned to speak Greek. Not at that stage, nothing about Greek. Didn't know anything about Greek. I was young and just got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God came upon me and I spoke. And he said, you were just giving glory to God in Greek like I've never heard before. You spoke it fluently. See? But he was there to hear, and he was there to witness. The speaking in tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. Now, First Corinthians chapter number 14 says, He who speaks, verse 4, 3, and 4, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, 4, those four verses. I won't quote them all. I haven't got the time because it's got 10 minutes. Um... Those, those, those verses says, he who speaks in, a, in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, how in the Spirit he speaks. By the Spirit he speaks. That's why we find that Paul the Apostle laid hands on him in Acts chapter 19. And in Acts chapter 10 we find the Apostle Peter that says, you know, now concerning Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus. Now, verse 44, Acts chapter 10. Now, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Spirit came upon them, for they heard them speaking in tongues and glorifying God. Now, he says, now we hear that the gift is also poured out on the Gentiles. They also got filled with the Holy Spirit. Them being filled with the Spirit of God they began to speak in tongues. It becomes the standard prayer language. It's the prime prayer language. Why do I say that? First Corinthians 14, verses 14 to 15, says these words: "For if I speak in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind remains unfruitful. My mind remains unfruitful. I can think of other things, but my spirit, my tongue hooks up with the Holy Spirit, and I begin to speak. I've got to do the speaking. I've got the breath. I've got the vocal cords. It comes, and it's a connection exactly the same as prophecy, the way that prophecy works. Prophecy is also, we pray a lot in tongues, and then you switch over to natural language, and the prophetic ministry just is unlocked right there. How can you you go through the church age without the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I just don't know. Don't understand. So dear friends, it is so important, that's why I read that one day in Ephesians 6 and 18. Praying always with all manner of prayer in the Spirit. He who speaks none in tongue speaks not unto men but unto God, albeit in the Spirit he speaks. I will pray with the Spirit. Praying always in the Spirit. And if you could go on with that, I could take you right through the book of Acts and see how it happened and where, but time does not allow me because that's not what we're doing at the moment. We're having revival service. How many of you want revival? Okay, so therefore, Jude verse 20 says, but ye, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, keeping yourselves in love, speaking in tongues. God gives the gifts. We receive it by faith. Then we speak in tongues. Once we speak in tongues, that, that gift of praying in tongues just flows right out into all the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they all begin to operate. All of them. Particularly, in my case, I would say the prophetic ministry is critical for me to pray in tongues before the time. So that my tongue is connected altogether, together like now with the Holy Spirit All the time. Then you switch over to all normal language It comes out prophetically. You hear yourself talking. Words of edification, exhortation, and comfort in prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14 again. Verse 1 through 4. He who speaks. He who prophesies speaks words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay? And uh, so, in terms of the anointing of the Holy Spirit is... um, 2 Timothy 1 and 6. Therefore I remind you that you stir up the gift of God that's within you by the laying on of hands through prophecy. Stir up the gift of God that's within you. How do you stir up the gift of God? What is that? It's a Greek word called anatsuporeo, which means this, fan into flame, fan into flame, the gift of God that's in you, that is within you, God fills you with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you pray in the Spirit in tongues, then you find that that gift gets more powerful. It fans into flame the gift of God. That's why Romans twelve and eleven says, "Always be a glow and burning with the Spirit. Be a glow, burning with the Spirit." We say, "On fire for Jesus." Amen. How many of you are on fire for Jesus in this place? Give the Lord Jesus a praise offer. Okay. So with the band coming up again, let's get down to doing some worship because then we'll take it from there. Praying in, the, in tongues to me is the vital discipline when the Holy Spirit leads my prayer life, not as I think, but as God wants me to pray. Because it's His Spirit at work Within me, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, and He gives the supply of the Spirit, as the New Testament also calls it. And I'm praying in the Spirit, I keep myself in love, and I then minister to people. See? But you stir up that gift by praying in tongues. That's already too long in terms of preaching now. I've just gone over my limit. Isn't that bad? Very bad. Amen. Did you enjoy that? Did you get something out of the word of God now? Amen. Now when you pray for other people too, don't forget this. Ezekiel 22, verse 30 says, "And he sought for a man who would build up, make up a hedge and build a hedge in the land, but he found none." And then Isaiah 59 and 16 says. And the Lord marveled. He wondered. And he said, Is there no intercessor? I see a man. I want to pray for that man. I pray in tongues for that man. The Holy Spirit works towards that man. I become like a distribution place. I serve the Lord with my spirit, praying in the spirit praying for somebody that the Lord brings into mind. And I pray for that person. And I know that in in the mind, I would not know and understand, but by the Holy Spirit, I would cover everything that person would ever need. So so you begin to pray for your family members in the same way. But at the same time as you pray, you're building yourselves up in your most holy faith. You're praying in the Spirit. The anointing comes upon you. You walk out of the prayer session. You don't want to leave that prayer session. How many times have I gone out of prayer meetings that I just didn't want to leave it? Let the Spirit of God take over now. Can you say amen? Would you stand? Let's begin to worship and stay in the Spirit now. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.